0: cool hey hey everybody welcome to another episode of conjecture and lecture happy sunday happy sunday i'm riley this is brendan there we go sorry (laughs) you're good man perfect uh it's the day after halloween so today we got a special episode for you we're going to be talking about horror halloween what makes things scary what are we interested in in the horror realm um brendan what are some things you want to cover
1: I mean, I definitely want to talk a little bit about phobias. Perfect. Uh, I know we'll go into uh, some of our favorite movies, um, kind of why people watch scary movies. I know I'm not one that necessarily chases them out, but I definitely know people that do. Um, I definitely want to uh, talk about scary sounds as well. Like yes. Things, like just those sounds are just like Ugh, that's creepy. Makes the you know the hairs on the back of your neck stand.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, I'm. I'm- I am a horror fiend. We've talked about this before. Um, so we're going to talk about our favorite horror movies. We're going to talk about, um, like you said, phobias, the zeitgeist effect of horror. So what does horror look like throughout history? Um, but it certainly is going to be uh, something that we, we we jump into quite a bit here. But we're going to pick up yeah. on that here soon. Um Dude, how was the week for you? It was fantastic. My week was great. I mean, it felt really, really long because I just kept thinking, man, I just want a podcast.
1: I know. There were a lot of things. Well, we were kind of set on doing a Pokemon deal, and we still will. We still definitely will hit up a Pokemon deal. But then with Halloween looming, uh, I kind of wanted to do a Halloween Halloween deal, and I was thinking a lot about it, especially how much I miss it. Yes. Because, uh, you know, looking back, it's 2020. People are going to be like, wow, that was the year Halloween kind of got canceled.
0: Yes. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. Like... I don't live in a neighborhood right now, so it's not like I could ever participate in Halloween in that sense. But, like, there is an aspect to it where, like, I miss being a kid and getting excited for it.
1: I miss dressing up. I'm excited when I have kids one day to have them, you know, get dressed up yeah. and
0: you know go around
1: the hood. Absolutely, yeah. We uh, we went over to my uh, grandpa's last night and had some dins over there, uh, and they their his neighborhood was pretty active, um, and it was mostly you know ki- maybe groups of like three or four kids at a time. I don't even know if we saw more than twenty five. Just oh. you know, with COVID and all that, people were kind of keeping it tight, which I totally get numbers are at an all-time high it's kind of fucked up yeah but. it is
0: man but are you a, are you a lights on or lights off kind of house
1: oh uh, we are a lights on house yeah, yeah. my kind of guy yeah. that's the thing like yeah. you
0: know growing up in the country it was like we never had we were never a lights on house because it was like n- nobody's gonna fucking pull off the highways mm-hmm. so, you know but like we would go to other people's houses we would go to neighborhoods so we could still participate
1: yeah, I mean, uh, we would we used to go with my cousins and just have a whole squad and and you know back in the day before I don't know it's almost like people I don't want to I don't want to say people are overreacting or over scared but like everybody goes when the sun's up now yeah. and people are all worried about like creepers and all this kind of weird stuff on oh, Halloween yeah. and it's almost like we're being overprotective for kids to an extent and I'm not a parent so I can't really speak on it but I mean I remember growing up we stayed out so late even oh, yeah. as like you know eight nine. 10 year old we would just go roam the hood all over the place yeah you know went down many many blocks oh for sure
0: (laughs) well i think now we're moving into a point where like there's almost a hysteria that surrounds halloween Mm -hmm. um like i don't know if you remember this but when i was growing up like when i was probably i don't know seven or eight like they were telling us like you can't get popcorn balls at Halloween anymore because people were putting razor blades in them.
1: Oh, shit. No, and, I, I kind of remember hearing stuff like that, but, yeah, just in general or, you know, like... Uh we used to be able to go by ourselves, and then, you know, as I was growing up, my mom was like, okay, make sure you take your little sister, you yeah, know, like, yeah. it's like, she's got her own friends, but people just, and you know, like I said, my parents guilty of a tear, we just kind of get slowly, but surely gets overprotective, and yeah. the culture of it, definitely, I'm sure, even if when they look back, when they were young, I'm sure they just freaking left. Yeah, you know? for sure. I mean, I
0: think it's just hysteria. Yeah. It's just panic. It's Karen's. So, it's people communicating on Karen's, Facebook. Stuff like that, man.
1: Yeah, that uh, that next door app sure really made everybody <laughs> freak out a lot more.
0: Absolutely, Do
1: did you see there's somebody walking in the neighborhood they have a hood on <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's kid like in ridiculous. the Halloween costume he yeah. just hit
0: puberty early he's a little taller
1: <laughs> amen but yeah I definitely miss dressing up and it's, it's been annoying too because the last few years uh Emily and I it's like our favorite holiday so oh, we sure. take it pretty serious when we dress up mm-hmm. and like uh the last few costume parties we we went to you know, over the years people just slowly but surely wouldn't really dress up or they'd maybe like put a name tag on or something or like you know maybe just be like a construction guy like with shit they had around the house the half-ass the toga yeah like okay yeah Uh, so you know we were there's a couple of parties we were just like the most decked out people they were like man we just need to start going to bars
0: And better crowds there. Better crowds. Maybe people just like take it more seriously. Yeah.
1: Or we just need to get over Halloween, like everybody else apparently
0: has. I guess that's (laughs) just the way that it kind of is. Um. Well, that that I'm glad you bring that up because I don't mean to put you on the spot right now, but as a kid, what was your best costume?
1: Oh my gosh, I uh, I did some good vampires. I did some good zombies. Um before 911 um I d- I was uh, a soldier that looked like uh, I got like shot to bits like oh, it would nice. it would have been politically probably incorrect now Yeah, know? but like uh, I had like green camo on it looked basically like a GI Joe that just got shot to pieces yeah. and uh, I had like you know ghostly face and stuff it was cool I, I really liked that costume That's pretty badass Um yeah like even well the thing is Emily and I probably take it serious cuz my family always did like yeah. my sister's birthday is on the 29th of October so she would always have have like halloween themed parties um and then uh basically my dad always got into like uh even like the contacts and stuff oh, like that wow! so wow you guys are yeah. hard yeah so we always yeah nice <laughs> anyway so it's really special time uh and the one thing that's funny about it is like uh my siblings and stuff they do like watching scary movies it's not something i usually chase but yeah. i mean it's they're still cool
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: So did you, I mean, what was your favorite Halloween costumes? That's a good question. I really like that question. Yeah. That's a fun one to ask just people randomly at a party. It's a good icebreaker. like For sure. Best Halloween costume.
0: Even like randomly in the middle of the year. It's yeah. perfect. That's
1: a really good question.
0: Um, okay. One thing that I always did when I was a kid, for whatever reason, I always wanted to dress up as an old man because I thought it was funny. So like I would dress up like it, like I'd wear an old man mask and like that was my thing, but I'd always have like a slew of masks every year. Um, so old man was my go-to. My mom wanted me to be a girl so desperately That's one time because she thought it would be hilarious, but I just refused. She has enough girls. Yeah, exactly. I got three sisters. She she can you know get a, get her entertainment from those three. But um, another one that I had this was ridiculous, and one of my buddies still makes fun of me for it today. Um, I dressed up like a zombie. Like, like I looked like a, like a dead person Mm -hmm. and, uh, we were going house to house and my buddy was dressed up as Jason Voorhees. So then we walked up to this lady's house and she goes, oh my gosh, who are you? And he goes, I'm Jason Voorhees. And she looks at me and she goes who are you? And I was like, I'm Chris's friend, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, dude, I don't want this lady to think that like, uh, you're my deceased friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I didn't oh, just That's say, pretty like, good. Yeah. Like it was just so random, but yeah, that was, that was probably my, my best one. I was, I was a ninja a lot. I was a ninja, samurai. Okay. Yeah. One time I was a frost ninja. I had like this giant ice, like sword thing and I broke it over my neighbor's head. Cause I hated the kid.
1: Nice, yeah. it was yeah. always really dark stuff, um, and ever since Emily and I have been dating, we've always done couples costumes. Oh, like, nice! We've always just had really fun time doing that. Uh, so we did pirate and mermaid one year, and that was really fun. Um, one time we did, uh, I was it was zombie cowboy and Indian zombie. Oh, nice. Excuse me, zombie cowboy and Indian. So we were both like looked like we you know rose from the grave. That's but, awesome. Uh, that was the cowboy, and she was Native American. And then, um, damn, oh, Batman and Poison Ivy. that oh, was cool. a really fun cool. one. That's a good one. Um, so yeah, we've had a handful of, of good ones. And like I said, no, we haven't really done it the last couple of years because I don't know. It just seems like everybody else isn't.
0: Yeah. And the vid killed it this year. The
1: vid, dude. And it's funny because I didn't even think of uh, Halloween really being canceled. And then one of my students was like, I said, what are you guys doing this weekend? And he goes, well, we can't really do anything because Halloween's effectively been canceled. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Wow, I guess you're right. (laughs) So how about haunted houses? Were you ever a haunted house fan? Big time, especially in middle school. That was like kind of the thing to do because there's a lot of them around Omaha. There's like a handful of different joints. There's like, um, there's Scary Acres. There's one, I think it's like Bloodshot. Or blood, something. I don't know. It's at like 120th and Giles, um, Mystery Manor. Um, there's one that like I think it's. Um uh, manglesons or Nobbies—they turn that into a, a scary place. But, anyways, we used to go all the time as as kids, and yeah, yeah it was a great time. I like the feeling of of being scared. Yeah, and there's like an know.
0: anticipation behind it. Yep. Yeah, I'm a big, big, big like haunted attraction mm-hmm. fan. It's just I've always liked it. I don't know why. The best
1: ones we've ever went to though were at Worlds of Fun. They have this thing called Halloween Weekends and dude, they turn the amusement park at nighttime into a gigantic like haunted amusement park. No way. And yeah. Like the employees go around in costumes, and it's it's beautiful weather because it's fall, right? Um, and the the haunted houses are Hollywood production, like haunted houses. They are amazing.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, if that doesn't get canceled next year,
1: yeah. Well, I'm sure. That. I'm. Su- I think people still went. Um, I think people were still there this year. That is awesome. Um, just probably had to do masks and stuff like that. Uh, I will say growing up in middle school too, it was really funny, uh, to go with like a middle school posse because like the girls would always be like latching on to the guys. And as a middle school guy, I'm like, all right. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: Oh my gosh. I, yeah. Like when absolutely. the guys would come
1: out with the chainsaw, I'm like, yeah, yeah, do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
0: That's so true, man. Oh, well I'm, I'm glad like we share a mutual love for Halloween. Oh my I think gosh. For sure. I
1: know. I'm like I said, I'm excited to have kids when we can actually maybe get into it again. Um, and the one thing I noticed though over the years, Halloween candy has gotten so expensive. It is oh absurd. Gosh, yeah. I wanted to get some just to have some. And yeah, it's like fifteen bucks for like two hundred pieces. What is this? Yeah,
0: it's ridiculous. That makes me think of when I was a kid. Um, you know, like what was your favorite candy to get as a kid?
1: Ooh, um, dang, that was that was a good question, and uh, it's a hard to answer because I am s- not picky at all. Me neither. The only Kind of candy I honestly don't like are Junior Mints. Oh <laughs> man, I love those. Uh, I don't mind like peppermint patties and stuff. Maybe like as like a little dessert or something after a dinner. But like damn near like any kind of treat, whether it's like gummy based or like a sugar sweet and sour one yeah. or chocolate. Like I'm not a big Whoppers fan. I guess. Yeah, those are kind of gross. But it's honestly, dude, candy. like. I am not picky, so it's hard to say. But I would say my favorite chocolate bar is probably Twix yeah. um, or uh, Take Five, um, and then my favorite like regular candy is probably Swedish Fish or Sour Patch.
0: Nice. Okay. How about you? I'm a big gummy guy too. But when I was a kid, like it was Tootsie Roll, um, Starburst, and then I was a fiend for that Snickers.
1: Snickers. Ooh. I had a, I had a Snickers streak. Yeah, like in college, and I almost overate them. Yeah, like I I don't know. It was just like that was my go to munchie. Be like, oh man, Snickers. And there's then, something about them. Yeah, there's something so good. I like it mixed in ice cream too. It's like, like the Snickers blast from Sonic is
0: like wow fire. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah now, now now I want one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, jeez. Well, see the, the thing that made me think of that is when I was a kid, um, and I would go trick or treating. There was always this one house where the guy was an orthodontist. And uh, his kids were homeschooled. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'd go to... It was always Chris. Chris Black, shout out to you. Uh, whenever I would go to Chris's house um, to go trick-or-treating, we were probably, I don't know, eight or nine. We always would avoid this house because the guy was an orthodontist and he homeschooled his kids. So it was like, hmm, creepy. Dang. <laughs> and uh, um, as an orthodontist, he would always hand out toothbrushes and raisins.
1: That's weird. <laughs> yeah.
0: And like... It was something that they were almost like anti Halloween. Um and like I remember watching the kids come running out of the the uh house one day and like you know, homeschooled kids are a little little different. A little different. Little different. And I wrote like,
1: that down actually for a podcast. Idea. That would be Homeschool so good. Episode. Especially as
0: public school teachers. I just
1: yeah, I have a lot of comments about it.
0: But. I agree. Um and uh, the kid came out with like stamps all over his face. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, What are you? And he's like, I'm stamp face as like Okay, <laughs> something wrong, <laughs> something
1: very wrong. Oh man, that's interesting. Yeah, we had a uh, well. Uh, we have, I'm going to save some of those stories for a whole nother. episode. <laughs> All right, funny ones on homeschool stuff especially being a lifeguard, you see a fair share of things. Um, I will say too, uh, we were joking last night, like, you know, a lot of the candy proportions are, are a lot smaller, like snack size and stuff now. And we used to just love those people that gave you the, the big old king size or the honker. And, you know, they they might've only had like, you know, a pack of 30 of them. But if you were the first 30 trick or treaters to go through there, you just scored. Yeah. Yeah. We used to fill up like we we Our trick-or-treat bag it used to be a pillowcase. Like, that's what yeah, we used same, to roam around. Yeah,
0: same. In. Yeah, and people were just, you know, passing out stomach aches, yeah. man. That was yeah. the thing. Those king size candy bars. Pe- yeah. Those people are passing out stomach aches.
1: I guess, yeah. And back in the day, I didn't I didn't get them. <laughs> no, I'd eat it till i pass <laughs> out. Know, my parents out, had know? to hide our candy bowl, especially because there was four kids. So it was like an accumulation just same. of, like, madness. And they're probably like, get this damn candy out of here. <laughs> same, we man. We don't have control.
0: Same. Well, fantastic. I'm glad we both, you know, still enjoy the holiday. Oh my gosh! I'm glad
1: we're doing a little Halloween special. You know, yeah. we were we were kind of I, I know we were kind of almost going to look over it and say yeah we'll talk about it another time or do it another time, but it's just de- definitely in the spirit right yeah, now. Yeah, you know? it's fun. It's, it's
0: fresh. Yeah, we might as well do <laughs> it. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna keep it a little bit uh, a little bit spooky for you. Sweet. So speaking of spooky.
1: Our music segment today, guys, it's going to be a little bit hardcore. So um, I can't tell you exactly how far to skip ahead if you don't want to listen to some metal music. But I would say if you, you know, maybe, you know, skip ahead seven. No, I would say maybe like 10, 12 minutes. Uh, you'll probably find us talking about some more stuff. Um, you know, we like to do our songs, give a little bit of analysis. And, you know, Riley and I, we both have a very special place in our hearts for hard music i don't want to use the word hardcore uh <laughs> <laughs> riley uh he definitely likes the metal uh and i do too i just i can't i'm hard i'm hard on the genres i don't know how to describe them I'm just like yeah this shit is hard
0: yeah and like <laughs> for me if it's heavy and and hard and like you know to me i don't know i'm, I'm a metal head to, yeah. to my core yeah um i love all kinds of music but my roots are in hardcore punk and heavy metal so so I hate
1: I hate to miss uh, uh, genre something you know it's funny in this age of 2020 I almost said misgender (laughs) (laughs) I hate to misgender this song No, I mean uh, I mean uh, misgenre it (laughs) to somebody who really likes uh, uh, metal and like I said I definitely love metal and hardcore music I just I'm really bad at at picking it apart so I couldn't tell you what genre this is but uh, the song that I have for you guys today is called Anthrophobia uh, by a band called Oceana and I literally uh this is a band i listened to back when i was in high school i think maybe this album came out in 2007 or 2008 i think it was a junior Uh, and i just remember listening to this working out uh right before swimming um it's just it's so hardcore and it's almost um Kind of um, meditative in a way, and, nice. and uh, for those of you guys that listen to heavy music, you'll know exactly what I mean by that. Um, and like I said, if you're not into the heavy stuff, please just fast forward a little bit. Uh, all the music that we play for you guys, it's going to be all over the place because Riley and I's tastes are just huge. There, I mean, yeah, there's there's really no boundaries for it. I can't say we we'll listen to one type of music and. And with sharing kinds of music, we want to share this kind of stuff with you guys. So in, uh, in the spirit of the episode, here's some freaking hardcore music for you guys.
0: To think, dude. Wow. Um, honestly, I, I was kind of caught off guard. I did not think that it was gonna be that good. <laughs> <laughs> As like, you know, <laughs> because Ouch. like I've told you, like I, I told kidding, you, I dude, man, like I was an elitist for a very long time in in the in the heavy music realm. I still have mm-hmm. my biases, but yeah. Um, when you were like, oh, you know, I used to be into metalcore and everything. To me, like I was t- telling you, like I used to cringe at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, everything. you're you're
1: listening to me say
0: that, and you're probably like, yeah, okay, buddy. <laughs> no, but that is like really, really good. Um, so good. I'm glad. Thank you, like you it. for showing me that yeah, because, no like, worries. I wrote down a couple things here. The way that it starts off, it's very atmospheric. Like that's something that was I was always super critical of with like metalcore. I was like, ah, oh, there's no Why? substance. Um no no I like atmospheric music and like black metal it yeah. makes you feel cold yeah, it makes yeah, you feel yeah. like you're in the mountains but like metalcore feels so I don't know it feels so like just in your face and yeah. abrasive but it doesn't have it I never thought it had substance to it but that song is totally different because it is atmospheric. Um, some of the things that I wrote down is that it's got like these hardcore esque vocals. So like if you ever listened to like trap them or um like uh early full of hell they have like yeah. very jesus Peace is another one they have very in your face screaming vocals but there's like this black metal ambient riff that like first like yeah it just kind of like, goes whoa. it's huge and it's, it's so like,
1: much reverb yeah it's
0: like ghosty yeah um and then, of course, I like those melodic background vocals. Once you get to it, mm-hmm. they, they were they actually played them off well. Okay, which is, dang, dude, yeah, see, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: the thing for me is, uh, I guess I don't. All the metal I listen to isn't necessarily metalcore um, or it, sort of. All screaming all the time right? But it definitely has I think all the same elements Just in a different way But I think also part of that uh, A lot of the first guys I got into Were like Under Oath And um, Blindside Mm -hmm. And like Dance Gavin Dance And um Oh man, Alasana, like some of those there's a lot more like singing right away and then I progressively got more into the harder stuff Yeah, until I was like, okay, and now I like this and so it was definitely baby steps for me into it, but I also didn't have like a, a shepherd or anybody to like show me the way Yeah, I just found like I mean, my dad listened to pretty heavy music, but I just found some of the Screamo stuff in like seventh, eighth grade. A lot of it's from following Warped Tour. So oh, super Vance, into, yeah. you know, like Sum 41, yeah. punk 182. And then I even also like, you know, like Disturbed and Linkin Park and stuff like that in mm-hmm. middle school, even Trapped. Yep. Um, uh, so I kind of just did more digging, you know, and just found this whole hardcore scene and yeah. it was like
0: yes it's like yeah definitely and like at that age it strikes a chord with you oh
1: my gosh the angst (laughs) big time the amount of
0: angst big time well that was the thing too like i did have somebody to show me the ropes like my cousin kyle was like from the beginning, as I told you, was like always like, this is the music you should listen to. Started me on The Misfits, started me on Motorhead. All of the heavy stuff from like the 70s and 80s was like my calling. And it was a baptism by fire. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I would listen to some of the songs that he would play me. And, like, my stomach would drop because I'd be like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Like, this yeah. feels like these people are screaming. They're talking about the devil. And, like, I would get scared. And then I started to ease my way into it, and I was like, it just consumed me.
1: Well, heavy music causes a dissonance. Yes, definitely. It's like, it's because it's, because it's in your face. Uh, it it There's something about the um, harshness of it yeah. that, like, a lot of people, they don't like to be screamed at or they don't like yeah. guitars to just sound so edgy or the drums to be so fast paced and in your face. It's abrasive. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things where at the end of the day, I think uh, there's just something different about it. Definitely. Uh, that it, it it takes a different mentality.
0: Yeah, to for sure. to it.
1: Even and to even want to care about
0: it. And to seek it out.
1: What did your parents think about uh, metal when you first listened to it? Or did your dad or, I guess, maybe your sisters like it?
0: Um, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, my parents, you know, not into heavy music. My Most of my family members aren't into heavy music. My wife doesn't like heavy music. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, like, the, the way that something struck with me yeah, and like I just was never able to really get away from it and like you know you do kind of feel like almost like an outcast because growing up it's probably one of the genres where like most people don't listen to it Mm -hmm. um because it is so abrasive in some senses It can be repulsive.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is that the guys I grew up with uh, in the swimming world, they all loved heavy music. Really? Yes. So, like, all of my friends, like, that's also what we got into it together is, like, my three best friends from, like, basically Millard West swim team, and then also, like, other guys from club swimming, we just all started to get into super heavy music because of the state of my like the 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 emotional state that it can put you in before a race is like next to absolutely nothing. Like and so just and I mean back in the day people used to wear headphones behind the blocks. I don't see it as much anymore. I think people are worried about honestly their headphones getting stolen. Yeah. Um I mean, it's, it, which which is shitty, you know. Right. But like back in, I mean, even if you watch the Olympics, you'll see people go out there with headphones. Um. But yeah, like all the guys that we, I'm mean, basically that I competed against and that we uh, all sort of hung out with, listened to heavy, heavy music. Wow, so, that's surprising. So, yeah, you. and Omaha also always had a thriving live music scene. Okay, so it. I did know that. Of so course, I yeah. mean, I would there was, I mean dozens of shows uh in the i mean we used to go to at least two or three a year um and yeah they were all over the place from like said some of the really nasty like uh like the chariot or fear before the march of flames or even like norma Jean type stuff all the I I, even august burns red i know maybe he didn't like them too (laughs) much but uh and then all the way to some of the lighter stuff too um Yeah. But anyways, uh, Riley, what what do you have? Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Before we jump to Riley's song, I just wanted to remind you that song was called Anthrophobia by Oceana. uh, And they have a couple albums before they broke up and both of them are amazing. But anyways, I apologize. Riley, what what do you have for us today?
0: All right. I got a old technical death metal jam from the mid 90s. This is by a band called Cryptopsy. It's off an album called None So Vile. Um, tell us
1: oh I was going to say tell us about Cryptopsy.
0: Cryptopsy is a <laughs> Canadian technical name. death metal band. Um they are they are super heavy. Like they're like they're insanely talented, but like their lyrics are disgusting, their shows are disgusting. Their lead vocalist calls himself Lord Worm. Um, and like, they are, they're blasphemic, they are like, everything is so guttural, but the thing that I want you to listen to, um, especially if you're new to heavier music, the, the vocals are very in your face, they're deep, they're guttural, but look past the vocals, listen to the bassist, the man plays with four fingers, that's crazy, Picking the bass with four fingers is insane.
1: Dang, dude. Yeah, the pinky. I mean, that takes some serious development and coordination. Big time.
0: Yeah. So the bass is phenomenal. The guitar work is great, and the drums. The outro with the drums. There are some fills in there that you just you'll recognize them when you hear them. It's about in the last minute. So this okay. is slit your guts. And by then, uh, how old is it? This is mid-90s. Mid-90s. Okay.
1: All right. Hell yeah. I'm
0: excited to check it out. Here Here we go. Slit Your Guts by Cryptopsy. Hope you enjoy.
1: Right, damn, dude, that was a that was a really fast one. Yeah, Some it's s- heavy, serious tempo. <laughs> yeah, like I don't, from my musician's standpoint, like all the music I make is literally between like sixty and like one hundred and twelve. Be sometimes one hundred and fourteen is like pushing it for me. Right, yeah, uh, and it, I just, I that's kind of where I, I sit in there. But yeah. all the heavy music I
0: listen to is is still pretty fast.
1: That is even. faster faster yeah i don't
0: even i wonder what the tempo is um i can't remember exactly what it is i know i've i've seen it before but off the top of my head i'm not entirely sure but like one of the things that i love is just like right off the bat you hear like the constant ripping of that one note um so like i've watched cryptopsy they're unfortunately broke or no they, they still play now but like when they play it live like just the way that they grind the pick on the strings is crazy.
1: They have got to use some series, just like I'm imagining just some thick strings. Yeah, big
0: time. And like drop so don't tuning. Break them
1: yeah. all the time. Yes. And then I wonder just how much gain is going through those pedals. Oh. Just like uh but I you know you mentioned to listen for the bass. Yeah. The bass tone throughout that whole track is awesome. It's so clear and punchy and I love a punchy bass. Like it because I definitely like playing the bass, like yeah. I love Listening for it. Like some people, it's just background, whatever, like they could take it or leave it. Right. But that's something I always listen for. Same. And yeah. asking me to, to, you know, basically pay attention to it. I, I loved it. Perfect. Um, the, yeah, the fast solos. I mean, and even the guitarist and me was like, how do they, Is how is that even like humanly possible? It's almost like their body's on fast forward. You know, <laughs> that, that kind of muscle memory, you so know. So true. I took a, a psychology of human motor control class in college. It was one of my favorite. Site classes I took. And, you know, we talked about basically how your brain, when you learn a skill good enough and it becomes muscle memory, is it's running that program basically like a software program. Like, you know, w- when you're learning a new hobby or when you're learning something, it's like you're coding it you yeah. know, in your brain. But then after you're really good at it, like, for example, he always, uh, my teacher always used the example of like a fastball, like a major league player when they're pitching a fastball. Like their brain is just like run the fastball program. Wow. Execute. <laughs> so and it's you know, like machine learning. It's machine learning. That's it's crazy. weird. And so, you know, thinking about uh, just that guitar in there, there's no way. That is not just sheer muscle memory with I'm sure there's noodling, you know. Oh, absolutely. In, I've, obviously there's noodling. Um, but to be able to noodle and think that fast. Because as a as a guitarist too, and, and you know, you always want to be like three notes ahead of where you're going. Definitely. And you're thinking about it. So to be thinking about it that fast. Yeah. Whew. And yeah. when everything else is
0: going on around you. Mm-hmm.
1: I did like the vocals. Uh one thing that, you know, people ask me as uh, uh somebody who likes the heavy music is mm-hmm. How do you know what they're saying? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. And I always say I sometimes might. I used to maybe kind of look up the lyrics here and there, but at the end of the day, I don't care.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is.
1: It doesn't matter to me what they're saying. They could be saying the most vile things. They could be
0: talking about the funniest stuff. Yeah. I just don't care because that comes back to me as the voice being an instrument. Exactly. Exactly exactly and it, the tonality of it the like messiness of it, mm-hmm. it it just fits the song yep and you could
1: say the same thing for like mumble rap it has yeah. you know that you don't care about what they're necessarily saying right but it fits the vibe of the beat or you know even uh there was a couple of songs that we had you know listened to the other night even uh, some star stuff yeah where the lyrics are so mumbly yeah um but doesn't matter like it it's just the voice as an instrument
0: absolutely and it allows me to Focus on the instrumentation of the voice or of what's going on behind the voice. It's just, it's fantastic.
1: It's a weird, you know, there are different ways that we can express ourselves without speaking. Right. But like you said, the tonality or even the musicality. Yeah. Of somebody's voice. I know when I sing, I've been trying to, uh, you know, accentuate my vowels a little bit more and just. I don't even know, have fun with them because yeah. they're so airy. Yeah. Um, and when we're speaking, you don't really do that, you know? Exactly. I don't really do that. <laughs> do you know, like know. you don't really do that. That's you got weird. some pipes on you, man. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm just, am uh, just playing around. <laughs> um, okay, so, you know, now that we have played our music, I think before we jump to our joke segment, we'll, we'll get there in a second, but it just kind of goes hand in hand, is, you know, some people don't like metal because they think it sounds scary. Yeah. Or like spooky or deathly
0: makes your palms sweat you know it raises your heart rate
1: and i don't really know where i mean maybe because the artwork and stuff that comes with it where all that connotation comes from and it is dark and people do dress in dark clothing all black and you know there are gauges and tattoos and piercings but i don't really know how like the connotation got so scary
0: yeah i'm not sure um I am one who wears black on black frequently, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think every Friday, yeah, yeah, honestly, I think a lot of people, if they get nervous about it or anything, I think you would find that if you were to go to like a metal record store, those are some of the nicest people you could possibly Mm -hmm. meet. They're fantastic.
1: Everybody in the scene is super cool. I mean, Always. There's very few people that are just complete jerks. Right. Um, and I think there's almost like a, sh- a shared sense of unity because we all share that music and we're like, yeah, we can put up with that. And it resonates like, with yeah. you. Yeah. And, you
0: know, I think it's the perfect personification of separating the art from the artist. Amen. Because, yeah. like, you could have, like, Cannibal Corpse, for example. We've talked about them. They have disgusting album art. They, they have horrible album art, but... And they yell about, you know, I'm in, I'm going to encase you in concrete. Or there's a song called Followed Home, then, then Killed. Yeah. And like. And those are creepy lyrics. Yes. And like some of the stuff that they say is disgusting. Mm-hmm. But half the time, you can't understand it. You don't care. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, okay, they're saying this because it fits with the sound of the music. And that's what it all comes back to.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the death aesthetic, uh, whether that's skeletons or gore or undead things or even like demonic, like um, Satan-based things, it yep. just kind of goes with it because it does evoke a sense of, of darkness. Um, but one of the things that we kind of wanted to just go over, and it's, it's kind of funny, is just how certain sounds are scary. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, there are things that like you could hear it and it would just immediately trigger something in your brain and you're like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, yep. it, it just gives you like that response where like, is that evolutionary? Is that based on like socialization? Like where does that come from?
1: Yeah. And one thing for me in particular is um, uh, that d- that doesn't bug me is like the nails on a chalkboard. It doesn't really bother me, but like, I know people that like really bothers yeah and the other one is um the sound of styrofoam or like uh, that sort of like oh like that, i don't really know what it's called but my sister hates that sound yeah my
0: dad can't stand it either and it doesn't really bug me yeah um yeah.
1: but there are ones that that definitely do um uh, especially it's more of like a feeling one but like if um like I drag my fingers across wood or something in, like, a weird way, and, like, my fingers get caught on it. I don't know. It makes, like, a... Oh, definitely. Like yes. Hurt. It's hard to describe.
0: Um, I don't really know. What are some that that sort of spook you out? Some that, like, will will get me here and there is, like, if I were... So, I, my wife and I are big hikers. I like being in a cave and stuff like that. But if I'm in a cave, and you just... Sometimes when you get really deep in a cave, it sounds, like, so, like... I mean, deep is the only way to describe it. It's just like there's like this, this like sense of a void. And like, you know, you recognize that, but it like, it feels like nothingness. Every time I go into a
1: cave, I think about the first people to find it. And, yeah. like, whether they got lost or how freaked out they were, especially every time we go into a cave and uh, they're, um, they are have, like, lights or they have natural holes that are, like, man-made to let more light in. Yeah. But, like, those first people that it's just, like, pitch black. Yes. Like, Oh man, we I want to have an episode about caves. Let's do it. There's got to be some really cool stuff to talk about. I mean, their caves are incredible. You can talk about I, I, there's some on my bucket list I want to go to. Oh yeah, I've um, I've been in a couple of that. And I think I, yeah, the diving. I would love to do like those cave explorers diving. I don't really have that claustrophobic. No, me neither. Fear I used to like that. Yeah. Um, you know, people are like, "Oh, that'd freak me out." No, I'm like, "Man, I mean, I think I would like to trust my gas tank, I guess." Definitely. Like YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I guess I'm, I'm trying to think of some other sounds that really freak me out. Um,
0: man. I think like like animalistic sounds Yeah, I was, just, I was
1: going through the animals in my head. Yeah,
0: like um, if you've ever heard a mountain lion scream, Mm-mm. it's horrific. It sounds like somebody's being murdered.
1: Dang, have you ever heard the sound of a koala? I don't know. There's, like, a meme of it that's, it's like, actually pretty funny. Like, uh, if listeners, you guys, uh, just look up the sound of a koala sometime when you're bored. It makes a sound that you would never think because they look kind of cute. Um, but they make the weirdest, it's like a bark, growl thing. I don't know. Anyways, and knock yourself out. Um, but, yeah, I was thinking about certain animal sounds. Um, I, I would guess doors creaking, like, the ones they use in movies or, like, the only one that really freaks me out at home is if I feel like I hear the garage door open. Yeah. Even though like like a phantom thing, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, it's... Like, Wait, did the garage
0: door open? Somebody here? I think it just triggers a response. Yep. Um, like, I mean, whenever we're at work and I'm sitting in my office, even a knock at my door, I'm like... whoop. You know, mm-hmm. it just, it w- like wakes me up maybe. I don't know what it is, but sometimes it'll just like get my heart going. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm scared of it, but it definitely you know. triggers a response.
1: Yeah. Some people say like my dad would definitely describe me sometimes as being jumpy. Yeah. But I just feel like I'm kind of on edge. Like, yeah. You know, I just, I don't want to say I have my guard up, but you, you know, you don't want to have it down at the wrong time. Hey I man, guess. you ready for anything. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I, yeah, I definitely like try to poke me. I'm like, Hey man, like, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, what kind of things are you scared of? That? Actually, wait, before we... Bef- oh, sorry, I apologize, listeners. I got ahead of myself. There's one thing that I really want to mention. It's kind of interesting. Okay. Um, so I found this out when I was kind of learning some music theory. Uh, speaking of scary sounds, I know it seemed like random for me to just like hit the reverse button really quick. Um, but the church, uh, basically in the Middle Ages, they banned uh, what's called an augmented fourth. And they banned it because the, the, it sounded so scary. And they called it basically the the demon chord. And so, in a lot of Western music, it's kind of absent all the way, basically from like the, you know the start of the Renaissance into the early 1900s. And you don't really hear it again until you know some jazz and blues musicians start to pick it up and, and you know use it in in maybe um, uh, non-intuitive ways. But as soon as you hear this chord, you're going to be like, I recognize this from so many horror soundtracks because it just does evoke a sense of... Uh, well, dissonance is the word I'm thinking of, but...
0: Surprise, big... too. Surprise. Like, I know The Exorcist is littered with them.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's just one of those things uh they might have it like a statue and it's like... Doo, dee, yep. Or... do doo. Yes, yes. But here's just an augmented fourth uh, interval. This is just the chord. Um, but just think that, like... Think first of all think how powerful the church had to be to ban a, a chord a sound like you can't make that sound
0: yeah that's crazy.
1: Like that—that's the first thing I think about. Yeah. And then I—I I can just like imagine monks like being like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm gonna do a fourth when you guys." You know, when no one's watching or something. That—that oh, yeah. that regular regular musician uh, who's maybe that around uh, in in you know the monasteries, the abbeys. Um, and then in addition to that, I think uh, you know how long it took for it, people to start to use it again, or that it sounds so naturally scary that people do use it for for movies. Anyways, here it is. Do it one more time.
0: Yeah. I mean, that elicits a response from me, even. Like you hear that and you're like, whoa, like that is something that's like, oh man, is something gonna pop out at me? Or- yeah,
1: like if you hear that on like uh, in a you know really big synth sound, or even like if it's a guitar, or sometimes I yeah. use like those really high-pitched ones. I like, think about like the goosebump show, it's like yeah like you know right yeah like right before somebody either pops out or like when somebody's walking in the dark or there's just so many times or even a, a scene a scene change excuse me
0: yeah it's so simple but it it definitely evokes emotion so that's something that i think is really really interesting so
1: yeah scary sounds um there's a lot of them and for whatever reason it makes us freak out um so let's talk about phobias and then we'll go to some jokes for you guys um so phobias are a weird thing i don't know riley i know you looked up kind of what they were exactly what would you have
0: yeah i've got a definition it's a irrational or extreme fear or anxiety of something okay so i mean t- typically the the word in in the realm of psychology the word that they focus on is irrational or extreme mm-hmm. so like when somebody's like oh you know i'm I have a phobia of heights. It's like, okay, they may make you uncomfortable, but do you like genuinely fear for your life? Because mm-hmm. that would be extreme.
1: Yeah, that would be irrational. Right. right yeah.
0: So that would be a phobia. But okay. if you're like, uh, you know, they just make me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I don't know if that's really a phobia.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think everybody has some. Some people have a lot. Some people are scared of a lot of things or freaked out about a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, and some people just, you know, have a few... Um, this is one of my favorite questions to ask students and it's a, it's a fun question. Uh, you know, you and I both really don't like small talk. I mean, hell, that's why we have a podcast. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's a question that you can kind of ask your friends and it, it leads to a whole bunch of, of interesting conversations and I don't know. I mean, there's definitely some common ones, you know, uh, spiders always come up snakes, um, you know, rodents,
0: clowns,
1: clowns is a big one. Uh, you said you looked up why that was, or you had heard, cause that I didn't, I don't really, I, I'm not scared of clowns, but like I have family members that are scared of them. And that one comes up all the time. Students yeah. are always like, I'm freaked out by clowns.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's called chlorophobia. So when I was a kid, I was horrified of clowns. Really? Yeah. Now it has, it's totally died out for me um but the reason that we fear clowns is something we'll get into later on uncanny valley but um basically it's it's the fact that this is a a entity or a being that's wearing a fixed expression all the time we cannot read what that specific being is feeling so if it's got a smile painted on its face there could be something diabolical coming from this person from this being we don't know what it is
1: that's funny as you described that i was like you know the the one clown that freaks me out because it should is like it but that's just the way they portray it when the whole cannibal side of things right um but then the way you describe that again made me think of the joker and how he's just the perfect freaking villain clown prince of gotham definitely um or crown prince of yeah yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Good. Anyways, uh, some I'm a really big Batman fan, and uh, I just I was instantly thinking about you know he always has a smile painted on his face, and he's so demented, and you don't really know his emotions, and he's unpredictable, and
0: um, that makes sense as to how it plays into people's fear. Right, and it's so like at, w- at one point it's so human, but at the same time it's so like inhuman, and that's like again I will dive down the rabbit hole of the uncanny valley here. So I know mm-hmm. I mentioned that earlier, but I want to be able to like. Go further into detail because Uncanny Valley is something that I would say maybe is not my phobia, but it definitely freaks me out. So Uncanny Valley is this hypothesis uh, of a relationship between the degree of an object's resemblance to a human being and the emotional response to such an object. So for example, if I were to look at like a type of robot that maybe had skin on it and it looks human... I still know that it's not human. So Mm -hmm. it's almost a passive response that we as human beings have towards something else that looks like us, but we know isn't a part of us.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I was instantly thinking of robots, Um, you know, in Japan, the robots that I've seen, they, uh, I was told, especially at the Honda robotics joint, uh, that they purposefully don't make them look human uh, so that we don't, like have weird feelings about it. Like it looks like a robot. Like Absolutely. it looks like a little droid, like more like something out of star Wars than like that really famous one. That's like a chick. I think a lot of people have seen her. I can't think of her name, but she's been viral on so many different videos. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't think of it anyways. She's basically looks kind of like, um, uh, the, the girl in, um, ex machina. Yes,
0: that's a perfect that's a perfect example. Yeah, fantastic movie, too. I really like that movie, Ex Machina. Yeah, that's a, lot. a wonderful or,
1: um Or in Blade Runner, the androids. Yes. Kind um, of in a way. God, what are they called? Even though they look like real people.
0: Yeah, I can't think of what they're called right now. But yes, they mm-hmm. definitely have a sense of uncanny valley. Um, and one of the reasons that we get this fear from things like that is that we cannot feel empathy for something that almost seems like an imposter in an imposter excuse me Mm -hmm. and that being we recognize that it can't feel empathy for us but it's resembling a human being so to us it makes us uncomfortable it makes us scared. yeah
1: because we don't want to show it exactly a certain amount of love or feelings because it's not not necessarily wasted almost but it's like uh it's almost like we feel like we should uh treat it like a person but it's we just don't. Yeah, it's not well-received.
0: Um, it's not reciprocated.
1: So the way that you use it, you said, um, I guess, would I use it in a sentence? But like, oh, that's so Uncanny Valley.
0: Yeah, you could use it like that for um, sure.
1: Or this evokes a sense of Uncanny Valley. Yes. I, just, I don't, I don't want to, like, misuse it if I were to use
0: that. No, you're absolutely correct. So, like, if somebody were, so there's, you ever heard of the show Botched? hmm With, like, bad plastic surgeries. Yep. So my parents have watched that before, and I've walked in the room, and I immediately have to leave because that's too uncanny valley to me. Yeah. It's like, wow, that just seems like, you know, it's, it's human- but you're like messing with the human condition. Well,
1: that actually what you're saying reminds me of, um, you know, some celebrities that take plastic surgery too far. Yeah. And their lips get all bubbly and Ooh. weird and their Botox is all nasty. Yeah. And like there's just something to be said about natural beauty. And, you know, I think when, when people sort of interfere with that to a certain point where they're over accentuating certain things. Yeah. Yeah. They just look wrong. Yes. I absolutely. Mean, it's you just know, creepy. Trying to be the Barbie type, you know. Right.
0: Just, weird and like one thing that I want to say about uncanny valley too that you brought up is um halls of mirrors when you go into a hall of mirrors and you see your body distort and you're like wow you know it's funny but at the same time you're like oh my face is twisting in a certain way or like one of my features is more accentuated and like you get a little bit uncomfortable
1: it feels Yeah, wonky. Like, it's just your brain doesn't quite know how to process it. Um, So, I guess. yeah, I mean, okay, folks, I hate to use this word dissonance again, but it's kind of like that. I guess there's a lot of things that are with scary stuff that evoke that sense. And so uh, the best way I know how to describe the word dissonance, just because I keep saying it, one of the things I was thinking about adding, Riley, if you wanted to, is like a word of the podcast. I'd be down. And like, you know, talk about uh, just a word that, you know, we should add to our vocabulary because it's cool or awesome. I'm down. Um, but dissonance, I've always been described as basically it's some it's when you're approached with information that is uh counter to something that you already know, or, um, it can maybe make you feel uncomfortable because it causes you to maybe pause and think and figure out how it fits in with the rest of your thoughts. Right. Um, it's almost like, you know, what schema does it belong to? And so sometimes if you don't have necessarily a, a category for something or if something doesn't quite fit into a category, sometimes it creates that sense of like, mm, okay, let me stop and think about this.
0: Yeah, and you get uncomfortability yeah. with it. Wow, I'm glad you bring up that word though because it's like, it's so it's so human. Yeah. We as human beings, like, you know, we are known for our pattern recognition.
1: And I love that feeling. Yeah. Because
0: basically what it is is when something you just
1: described it best is when, so- when something doesn't necessarily align with the patterns that you're familiar with. Right. Um, so if you were to, to see like, okay, we got snakes and, um, you know, lizards and, um, all sorts of different kind of reptiles. But if you were to describe, if we were to just find a new species, we, that didn't look like a snake or a lizard, but, it was classified as a reptile. We'd have to like, that would be cognitive dissonance. We have yes. to find a way to make it, you know, a new file for that. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I guess I always heard about it, uh, you know, even going to to ed school and stuff and pedagogical terms, they always be like, you know, you want to create that cognitive dissonance, ask those tough questions and make kids think about something because, the, you know, if you think about the way we live our life, it's a pattern, dude, like yeah. rinse, wash, repeat every day. Yeah. And so if you can be thought provoking, If you can cause that dissonance, it's good. So, anyways, I apologize for overusing that word. I need, this is kind of why I want to bring some synonyms on here. Yeah.
0: I think it's fantastic. That's an excellent idea. Um, well, now that we've talked about the Uncanny Valley, and hopefully some of our listeners out there are interested in this phenomena because it's something that's so bizarre, but yeah. it's something every human being can feel because it is a personification of dissonance.
1: I would definitely like to talk about it more, especially because, um, you know, with the age of sex robots and yeah. stuff like that, um, it's really messing with people's psychology. I know there's a, been a couple of people on Rogan's podcast that have talked about it, and something I, I'm really curious about. Because you know we don't treat people the same, and it will affect people's relationships. And you know, I'm already, I already think dating in the 21st century is hard enough, and when we throw in freaking sex robots in the mix, it's gonna be weird. Exactly. You know, prostitution's illegal, but hey, have sex with freaking droid. I
0: know, and it's very strange it's and weird. I'm glad you say all that too, because we will have an episode on AI, machine learning, um, stuff like that. You know, we're gonna get further into. Uh, our development of ad- advanced technology, essentially.
1: Yeah, that'd that that that'd be a big conjecture side, but uh, something that I want to research, you know. Yes. So that's a, a really fun. Stay tuned. Um, so, you know, as far as uh, more phobias go, so you would say that um, un- the sense of Uncanny Valley is a phobia of yours or something that you think about?
0: Uh, yeah, I would almost say so, because it does get this, like, strange, illicit response from me. Like, I, I instantly will get nervous <laughs> if okay. I'm around something like that. Like, yeah. I used to have a fear of dolls. Yeah. Because they look so human. But, I mean, that's kind of died out
1: now. Well, and it's funny because even the robot in Japan that didn't look very uh, human, it literally looked like a little C3PO kind of droid, his mm-hmm. name's Osimo. Mm-hmm. Um, but the students were kind of like, oh, this will be cool to we'll see a robot. And then when they saw it, they're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. Dude, that thing can like make drinks. It can basically, if your grandma is like needs a nurse at home, like that thing can replace it. Like wow. goes around the house, you know. It can bring you uh, uh, food, you know. And they're trying to make it so that it can basically do every function for you. It is only about four foot tall. Yeah. So it can reach all the things that you'd need it to reach, uh, but it's not necessarily in the way, you know, it's so Japanese to design it. Like, Oh, we want it to be kind of like, it almost, that's the mentality. It's like, it's kind of like a vacuum cleaner, you know, like, you just like leave on, but like you can be tucked away. It's small enough to be tucked away, but big enough to, complete tasks for you. That is crazy. So anyways, I think the students were like, okay, that's kind of freaky.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's the phobia that I would look at (laughs) for me personally. Um, another one for me would be like thalassophobia. So we talked about this a little bit, but, um, it's I am obsessed with the ocean. We are going to have a podcast on on ocean life on on um the international little, waters. A lot of things of to talk about with the ocean. Absolutely. It's fascinating. But there's something about being over the top of deep water, not necessarily on a boat, but when I'm swimming in it, not knowing what's beneath me and like looking down and seeing this black void, mm-hmm. this pure abyss fills me with with dread. So, yeah.
1: I think I really, I know I mentioned it to you earlier, too. I think I really feel like this more at lakes. Yeah. Uh, And maybe that's because with the ocean, there's enough waves to, like, keep my mind off of what's beneath me. I'm more like, okay, like, here comes another one, you know, or just trying to basically wade in the the ocean. Whereas in a lake, um, because it's flat and there's not a whole lot of movement generally just think of the fact that I can't see beneath me. Right. Uh, and I'm so used to swimming, you know, in, in other still water that's clear as with a pool. So just taking that away. But I wouldn't say it really freaks me out. What freaks me out, though, is when I put my foot down in a lake and I just have no idea what I'm touching. Like it's like mushy or leafy <laughs> yeah. or could be, you know, a body. Who knows. <laughs> It's a little bit freaky, um, okay. That's fair. I mean, uh, so you don't have those common fears of like snakes or spiders or the dark or some of those other things.
0: I wouldn't say so. I mean, as a kid, you know, you you race up the basement basement stairs when the lights off because you're like that's so oh! common. Yeah, it and really I, is, and that's what I kind of want to focus on. Stuff like that. It's just really interesting.
1: Yeah, it is, and the, those universal fears are interesting because um, you know there there's some research that it's genetic. Um, that we have these genetic imprints to be freaked out by, by snakes, by spiders, because they're deadly. Right. And so when you think about our uh, DNA or our species being evolved from a long line, you know, if we go back to chimpanzees, we're talking six million years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the threats that would kill a chimpanzee uh, would be something like a venomous spider or a snake. And you go back even further than that. So, like, you know, all primates... Or other animals that are predated upon, or can die from these certain animals, it's almost like they have a genetic marker to have a predisposition, if not to be scared, right? Because phobia was the irrational,
0: fear, the, yes, the extreme. Right?
1: But I think I think most people at least get. I don't want to use the word spooked because it still sounds like you're scared. But I think things like spiders put people on edge. I would, you agree. know, even yeah. if it's a small one, I'm like, oh, there's a spider. Yep. like I don't, you know, maybe think twice about it. Like I, my sister's, especially my sister Erin. I love you, but. You freak out about every little bug ever, <laughs> um, but you know she has it. She would have a phobia. Yeah, of it, you definitely. Know? Um, I don't know. For me, like uh, like I said, I, I like to you know think about this question a lot, ask this question a lot. The phobia that I know I um, I, I I have I would say is like diagnosed is dying young, um, and it's so the, the actual name of it is called thanaptophobia. Um, and it took me a while to find the name of it, but, uh, you know, uh, as I was thinking about, it, I was like, man, what is dying young? And for me, that means basically before, uh, you know, I have kids, maybe some grandkids and, you know, I feel like I've lived uh, a full life. You know, I, I feel like my, uh, my sparks burning too bright and I would hate to have it just like, you know, flushed out. Um, but at the same time, like thinking like that still makes me live life on the edge. Yeah. I agree. Like, I still live every single day. Like it could be my last day.
0: Well, I feel like that's a healthy fear to have, you mm-hmm. know. I I know they have like they have chalked it up to being a phobia, but at the same time, I almost feel like it's not that irrational.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's why I love skeleton artwork and skulls and stuff yeah. like that because I'm like, damn, you know, like I, that that's gonna be me at some point. Memento
0: um, mori. Yeah, whenever. <laughs> what does that mean? Remember that you one day will die. R- remember that
1: you. I love that. That would be a cool tattoo to get in a cool Absolutely. font. I like that
0: a lot uh,
1: because. Uh, In anthropology, we have a funeral unit where Mm -hmm. we talk about different funeral customs and how different people deal with death around the world and the cultures that embrace it and the cultures that basically uh, don't necessarily fear it and just say death is a part of life rather than something separate from it, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's a part of the life process, just like birth is a part of life and not separate from it. Right. And the cultures that tend to have that philosophical outlook tend to be happier. Yes, uh, They tend not to have so much anxiety. And, you know, that's one of the favorite things I like about uh, teaching anthropology is it really broadens my possible perspectives. Because so many Western cultures think about death in terms of this, like, damnation thing. And we, you know, we send our bodies to funeral homes and we yeah. don't really deal with it very much. And, you know, it's, we're very distant from it in the West. Definitely. Um, and it's, it's almost unhealthy. Yeah, I would um, agree. So I just, you know, I guess I, I my fear of dying, young, I don't want to say it's irrational, but I, I it's at the front of my mind, you know, I, I want to make sure that I tell my loved ones that I love them, tell my friends I love them and yeah. you know, like just make sure that, uh, I'm crossing my T's and dotting my I's every day. Agreed.
0: And again, I think that's a healthy fear to have. I wouldn't even call it a fear. It's a, it's a philosophy that drives your life Amen. and it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I kind of want to jump on the funeral train here. Do it. Um, have, have you ever watched Dark Tourist on Netflix? Um, that's the one. Is
1: that about Lucy or The Mummy or something like that? I, I uh, watched like the first chunk of it and I got distracted.
0: Oh, okay. It's a, it's a journalist. His name's David Farrier. And he goes to different parts of the world and explores like things that make us uncomfortable.
1: Okay, then no. I, I, what I'm thinking I saw was totally different. Um, but what, what, what kind of stuff did he come
0: across? Okay, so for example, he visits Fukushima. Um, so looking at the, the nuclear fallout there, dude, I can speak. Have you been to Hiroshima? I know you went to Japan. No,
1: dude. Like you get off the train in Hiroshima and like it, your stomach just drops. Yeah. Because for me, it's just thinking about the fact, you know, uh, we could have a whole entire podcast on the dropping of the A-bomb. That's a subject of in and of itself. For sure. But I will say that. Having stepped on the ground of Hiroshima, simply thinking that 70,000 people just walking about their daily life were evaporated.
0: <sighs> yeah. Wow. That's heavy.
1: Feels weird. Yeah. Like it feels, it, even though it was, you know, 70 some years ago, it feels it's in the air. Like heavy. Yeah. I mean, and, and even there's some stone bridges that withstood the, uh, withstood the blast. And so the stone actually got so hot. It looks like a glass marble. Wow. Um, but then just to think, you know that yeah, people were were there, um. So you know I can totally get going to some of those uncomfortable places like Fukushima and just having this sense of like ugh, you know. Or uh, that made me think of uh, Chernobyl too. Wow, like that show is that I didn't realize how bad it was, and I know the show was like a dramatization of it. Yeah, but it definitely made me look into it. And, oh,
0: for sure. Yeah.
1: What a mess. Oh, like, big time. Just spooky. Big time. Um, it's just eerie now, and when you see pictures of it, or, like, those abandoned amusement parks they have pictures of, you yeah. know, sometimes. Yeah. Spooky. Yeah, and um, I think
0: that could even be a phobia. Yeah. I don't know. It, what it goes even uh, other
1: places does he go to? Okay,
0: he uh, visited, um, like, a parade for the Day of the Dead, um, uh, Dia de los Muertos, if I'm saying that incorrectly. I apologize. Um, he also visits, like, right. a... Um, a culture that's centered around voodoo in africa he visits a um area of i believe it's nepal and looks at their death rituals so they will keep corpses around for 30 years after they're dead and they'll preserve them and their family members will go visit them every day and they'll give them gifts and it's 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 beautiful
1: yeah there's a, a- cult or uh, excuse me i didn't mean to call them a cult i respect these people as a culture but anyways there is a culture in um uh, indonesia and they're called the tarajans and they also uh, live with their dead for a significant amount of time after they've died that might and, be and um okay i say the, I the wealthy it folks uh basically you you can show your wealth based off of almost how uh you know how quickly you can send your, your, you know, loved one on. So the poorer folks have to wait because, uh, what they believe is that you have to sacrifice a water buffalo. Uh, and the water buffalo is basically the carrier of the soul. Yeah. And so, um, after the family has this ritual, they sacrifice the water buffalo, then they're able to bury that person, but they still revisit them after years and like change their clothes and stuff after they've been decayed. Um, and I mean that there's definitely some funny, uh, pictures, uh, uh, of these people standing next to their fa- family members mm-hmm. and they're just they look just like dust you know they're basically all dusty and decayed yeah. and you know one of my favorite pictures is uh they actually put sunglasses on one of them um <laughs> it looks hilarious uh wow. and, you know no no judgments what they do but it's it's you know from my perspective it's funny because like i said we're so distant from death it yeah. almost it almost makes me laugh like man i can't imagine like you know burying or digging up my great grandpa After however long he's been in the ground, yeah, changing his clothes,
0: yeah. That's I mean it's so strange because to us something like that would freak us out. Yeah, like like you just said with your great grandpa, if you were like, oh my god, like if I were to dig up my great grandpa, I would freak out. Yeah, it'd be weird.
1: Yeah, uh, in Madagascar they do that too. It's called uh, raising of the bones. Wow. And, uh, every five years, uh, the the patriarch of the families they go to the family mausoleum. Uh, everybody in the family generally is buried in the same mausoleum, um, and they're they're really small. Yeah. I mean they I mean, they, they wrap the bodies real tight and kind of you know it's almost like a little hut um but every five years they go change their robes and then they just celebrate the memories of the people that they were um and it's it's almost like a family reunion centered around ancestors so everybody that's still alive goes to the family mausoleum they party they drink they you know change the dead's robes uh and then they just hang out but it's almost like a a way to get together yeah it's like
0: it's like a party yeah that's fascinating yeah um well, that is awesome. I mean, I think that's something that I would recommend to anybody. Mm-hmm. Dark Tourist on Netflix, it's fantastic. David I got to watch that. I'm awesome. going to write that down. Yeah, I I would recommend it to anyone. I mean, just the way that like we can take a look at other cultures and it really challenges us because it really forces us to analyze our own fears.
1: Yeah, it's on my recommended list. I that's, there you go. that's I know I like I know I've seen it and I, I even can imagine um the the movie uh artwork
0: for it. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, let's see here. So it's a couple other things. Well, I got, um, I got one I could bring
0: up right okay. off from Yeah, that. go okay. for it. Well, you know, we've talked about cultural fear now. Yeah. So like looking at ways in which, you know, you know, human beings tend to be afraid of death or something like that. Um, but I want to talk about what is the most universally human fear? What are we all afraid of? We talked about snakes, spiders, people, you know, some people get that extreme response from them. Mm-hmm. Other people don't necessarily get that. So what is the thing that you think I'm just asking you personally it doesn't have to be scientifically yeah. informed or anything what, what do you think most human beings would fear
1: I think most humans um would fear somebody else taking their life okay you know like if you're going into battle that's one thing like yeah. you know you're putting their life on the line but like say you're going to your car after a concert or whatever and somebody just fucking straight cuts your throat yeah you know or stabs you or murders you you know like bruce wayne's parent style you know yes like, give, exactly. me, give me your stuff no okay i'm gonna blast you right um or or you know I, I guess that's i think that's pretty universal not that people are that mean the chances are so low you right know, of something like that happening but i think it's in the back of people's minds especially when
0: you're in a, you know maybe a, a part of town that you know is dangerous or that you're unfamiliar with oh for sure well let's talk about that i mean i think it's almost like the fear of being hunted you know, yeah,
1: essentially, yeah. like, well, in a way, you are. You're, you mean uh, if you're if somebody's a thief, they're predating on you, exactly. You
0: know, if if somebody's a murderer, like, you, you you know, there's a target on your back, right? And not to be too anthropocentric, but we as human beings are the apex predators. Of the world. Mm -hmm. We have technology to take out any living thing.
1: Yeah, it's because of our technology, though. And I think that we always have to be humble about that. Definitely. Um, And that's something I even talk to kids about when we're talking about uh, uh, whether or not we really are on top of the food chain. Because you can make an argument that, yeah, sure, technologically, sure. um, But you take away any of our tools. Right, right. We're softies, man. Oh, completely. We get. I mean, you think about uh, crocodiles and alligators, and I um, uh, You know, hippos are deadly. Um, There's just plenty of animals, as uh, sharks. You know, oh, well, I guess those chimp. are in the ocean. A chimp, yeah, a chimp would beat us silly. Rip you. Um, just so part. you know, it's that we really. It's almost like uh, we've we have uh, we sacrificed brawn for technology. Definitely. Um, but you're right. I mean, we are that apex predator, and so just the idea of being taken out. Yeah. You know, and I always think about what a what a bad way to go to be eaten alive. Yeah. Like imagine getting chewed on. Yeah. And then being aware of it. Yeah, like, exactly. Doesn't matter if it's a shark or a crocodile or even, you know, full-blown something stampedes you. I yeah. don't know, I just can't even imagine that.
0: It, and you want to talk about scary sounds. Slow death. Imagine that. Like oh God. just sitting there. And oh, like you. I would just that. hope
1: I would pass out, but something tells me that like if they go for my legs and just start Chewing from legs up, yeah. Uh, what a oh. bad way to go. Oh,
0: it's awful. But yeah, Man. I think that I think that sense of being hunted is a universal fear.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, everybody kind of has that. I need to look over my shoulder or be, you know, leery. Um, I would agree. But yeah. uh, did you did you do some research on this one to find the uni- the most universal? Yes, I did. Okay, I did. Absolutely. I'm
0: curious. Okay, so um, one thing that I was looking into was like. So there are, there are, of course, no human being is the same as the, the one next to him. No. No, no matter what our interests are, no matter what our, you know, our physical makeup is, there's nothing that is exactly similar.
1: That's one thing I love about humanity.
0: Absolutely. You know? um, but what is something we all fear? What is it like death? You could say, oh, we all fear death. But some cultures embrace death. They say like, okay, you know what? I've got this life to live. But if I were to die now, eventually I will be reborn eventually I will pass on to another life, something like that. So what is something that we all look to to be scared of? The thing that I found was that all human beings, regardless of your physical limitations, your um, cognitive limitations, anything, you could have a physical disability, an intellectual disability, you could have um, a certain culture that you're focused on. We are all essentially afraid of suffocation, the absence of air, because it's slow. It uh it's something that's such a human thing mm-hmm. that is just taken from you almost instantaneously. Yeah, you're sitting there telling me that I'm like, Yeah,
1: yeah, maybe and I'm sure some of our listeners are gonna be like, Yeah, do I have a, a fear of being suffocated? But then the longer you think about it, like, you know, it's probably not something we think about all the time. Right. You know, but if you think about just lack of air it's almost like it it almost makes your brain go whoa
0: dude don't go there yeah And, (laughs) and everybody can can experience it um like you know if if i were not able to see and i didn't know that i was being surrounded by fire or something like that maybe i'd feel the heat but i wouldn't necessarily be filled with fear because if i look at fire now like if i'm sitting in front of a fireplace and the fire's lit i'm not afraid of it but if it was surrounding me of course i would be afraid of it mm-hmm. but that's because of the absence of air that's mm-hmm. coming on yeah and you essentially would suffocate mm-hmm. it it's it's universal
1: yeah yeah and i guess that kind of ties into people have the fear of drowning absolutely um yeah that's an interesting one. Um, I will say, you know, uh, uh, there was a guy I asked, I, somebody we work with, I can't even remember who it was. Um, but I was like, Hey, how's it going? He's like, well, you know, I woke up today, so that's great. Ooh. And, uh, it's just one of those things where it had always stuck with me because I'm like, damn, every time you go to bed, like you're not even guaranteed to wake up. Exactly. Like, you know, you could have some sleeping complications and just be toast in your sleep. And that's
0: horrific to think. About. Isn't that weird? It's oh, like it's makes awful. you not want
1: to go to bed. I'm like, Oh shit, I yeah. can't go to bed. I might not
0: wake up. Oh my God. I know. Well, if you really want to wrap your head around something crazy think about it from the first breath on when you when you are born you start dying essentially yeah a little bit every day from birth you start dying that is so hard to to grasp and Mm -hmm. it it freaks you out i was gonna say from
1: birth i thought you were gonna say from birth uh you don't stop breathing oh well that too like kind of comes back to that fear thing but that's what i thought you were gonna say is like you know think about it from birth like you haven't stopped breathing and you won't stop. Wow. You know? Okay. Now I'm that's thinking about the one. way that I am. Breathing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I know you brought it into my, my thinking. Well, that is such a, that's a, that's a great idea. Well, do you ever think about uh, how many friggin' times a day you blink? And yeah. then once, yeah, I think everybody does. And you start thinking about blinking and then yep. you notice people on the news blinking and you're like, wow, I never noticed people in movies ever blink. But then once you do notice it, I don't know. There's got to be a name for that. Yeah, um, there is. But it's it's funny. And the same thing, I think, can be said about any of our uh, unconscious senses. You know, these things that our body just does. It just friggin' works. Yeah. You know, no instruction
0: manual. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the absence of that, the absence of something so human is so nerve-wracking mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. Damn. That is good.
1: Um Okay, so let's talk about uh, scary movies here quick. Cool. Um, I know I said earlier I don't really chase scary movies, but uh, I wanted—I do have a few favorites. I mean, I think everybody has a few favorite scary movies, you know, ones that they enjoy watching because maybe it has a good plot or maybe it's a cult classic or maybe it has a big following. But uh, for me, I'm a huge zombie fan, big vampire fan, and then I like those scary movies that are just straight thrillers.
0: Yeah, like psychological horror. Big time. Big yeah. psycho
1: I mean, I just like those cerebral scary movies. It sticks
0: with you. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, the
1: ones you keep thinking about. So my my list, I got uh my top 5 here. Um and they're in no order. Uh but for for vampire movies, definitely Underworld and Blade. Um I think I like Underworld a little bit better. It's a little darker, a little bit more modern. Blade's cool, but a little bit more comic booky, kind of campy, but still cool. Plus Kate Beckinsale. <sighs> Babe Um, And then we have 30 Days of Night on there um, Which is another good kind of vampire one It's cool Uh, I think that one actually is based off of a Frank Miller comic If I remember right But I I could be wrong This is just conjecture But I'm pretty sure it does have a a graphic novel backing from it Um, And then um, Saw is on there Along with Dawn of the Dead um, Dawn of the Dead, such a good zombie movie.
0: Oh, it's fantastic!
1: Well done. They like they're fast, they're freaky. Yeah, uh, like Twenty Eight Days Later was cool, and I really like that movie. Um, but there's a little bit too much drama, and there's not as much of like the group surviving. Yeah, maybe because the plague just ravaged everybody. Right, and it takes place twenty eight days, obviously after everybody's pretty much toast. But um, Dawn of the Dead is just such a good
0: one. Well, such an homage to. Uh, George A. Romero's mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead, too. Yep. It, yep. It's just A zombie perfect. classic. Yeah, the way that they move, like, the way that they look, mm-hmm. the way that, like, we see survivors interact with one another... Yeah, I
1: used to be obsessed with zombies. I actually, I finally finished a collection of The Walking Dead. I have every single volume now. The old freaking Kirkman finally finished it. Right. I was almost leery to keep buying them because I was like, he could just go on with this forever. Yeah. Uh, And I will say I haven't read them yet. I have three more volumes to finish up, but uh, I heard the ending is actually really good. Um, but anyways, back in like 2008 or nine, when I really got big into the zombie phase, I did some research even on where the the zombie hype and area came from. It's it's a voodoo thing, really, uh, and like raising the dead, and yeah, and it, it is also sort of this Western aversion to the idea of raising the dead in voodoo. Um, so it has like a really interesting roots in like the horror genre. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a, I it's didn't a weird, know that. it's a weird, weird thing. Yeah, and like I said, I got I got re- almost too obsessed with zombies for a little bit, which made me me also really like Shaun of the Dead.
0: Oh, I love that movie. That movie kills me every time. Just the cricket bat. Just the the simplicity of the cricket bat, the uh the Winchester. Gosh. I mean, there's so many good
1: one-liners in that movie that my brother and I we we still talk about it uh and even outside of halloween it's just a good one to watch
0: oh yeah i'd watch that year
1: round yeah dude it's Uh, funny dude how about you let's hear about your uh top five or six favorite movies
0: all right let's talk scary movies then i got saw on mine as well again i think saw kind of falls into that the the horror but also the psychological thriller
1: it's just so realistic oh my god absolutely you can totally see it happening and there's also a really interesting piece in there about the human condition and yes. like they, the, the the what would
0: you do. Yes. How much empathy would you show for somebody else?
1: Yeah, there's just so much in there. And, and I never forget the first time I saw that movie and he starts cutting at his leg. And I was just like, he's going to do it.
0: He's yeah. doing it. He did it. And my jaw dropped. Yeah. But like that's interesting because um, we're talking primarily about the first Saw, though, too. I want to make a disclaimer of that because... The last, you know, two through nine, whatever it is, they they get a little campy. It turns into like this, you know, torture aspect. But that first movie is crazy. Dude, yeah, and it was it was so
1: original for its time. Yes. The other ones yes. weren't quite so I don't know, they almost made them again, like a lot of Hollywood movies, they're like, Oh, we can make a lot of money off this, and they just beat it to a pulp. Yep. Yep. and they just kill it. They but.
0: franchised it, but yeah.
1: Oh, well, anyways, let's hear your other ones. All right,
0: some other ones that I got are The Shining. I think that's the greatest horror movie of all time. Um, Event Horizon, a little bit of cosmic horror in there for you. I really, really enjoyed The Lighthouse uh, with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, another uh, homage to H.P. Lovecraft and cosmic horror. And then last but certainly not least, um, David Lynch's Eraserhead is incredible
1: i haven't heard of the last two you mentioned
0: really the lighthouse the lighthouse and then eraser head
1: are they on netflix or where can i find um, them?
0: the lighthouse is currently on um, amazon prime so if you have amazon prime Mm -hmm. i definitely recommend that um it it dives into um, human insanity it's all in black and white like i said robert pattinson and willem defoe they're these two lighthouse keepers and they they they're essentially banished to an island um, because there's such bad storms. And Willem Dafoe's character is a little bit strange, and Robert Pattinson's character, we kind of start to see their backstory revealed a little bit more, and then they have these interactions and, and it just in it just like evolves into this broken relationship, but like this freaky cosmic horror HP hmm. Lovecraft sea creature thing too. What um
1: What's the movie with um, Leonardo DiCaprio and it's like a insane asylum? You know oh, Shutter I mean? Island. That one is an interesting one, too. Emily really likes that one. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but yeah. it uh, it was definitely kind of a spooky. I mean, that's what made me think of your Well, psychological thrill. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Scorsese film. Okay. Damn. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, Eraserhead. Eraserhead. Oh, my God. That movie's so good. How old is that one? So that one came out... I don't want to get this wrong, but I want to say it's a '70s movie. Another one that's all in black and white. Um, it is so bizarre. It's a Criterion Collection art house film, but it's a horror movie. Um, it's about this guy who he has a he has a, a child with this woman, and they're no longer together. And the baby comes out as a mutant. It's like, it's disgusting, it's shrunken, it's all shriveled up, and essentially what it is is a personification, or a, a metaphor for the director's nervousness about having his first child.
1: Wow, that's actually kind of cool. It's very, like, art, an artistic way to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's spooky. I don't know. It is creepy. I feel like everybody has those fears of, like, having a, having their first child. Like, Definitely. I don't know. and I was like, when's the right time? Yeah, is I there know. A right time, I know. No, okay. Well, then when? Then okay. Well, blah 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 blah. Right. So many things to say about that. Um, but yeah, dude, scary movies. They're they're kind of, it's almost like the the genre became a meme of itself. Yeah, which is almost too bad. Like, like they just they're always so they can't always be so cheesy, or they always have an element of some cheese in there. Yeah, I mean, it's very rare to have like a, a horror movie that's just scary straight freaking through without any you know nonsense in there yeah. i feel like maybe uh that's i'm saying that because i haven't watched some in the last maybe like four or five years yeah but i just feel like they haven't really had that hype um the hype became more like a, a date night movie type thing where it's like kind of funny kind of scary and when i say funny i don't mean like funny haha i mean like i don't know predictable yeah i would agree like with
0: you. yeah
1: it just became such a mold um that I feel like it's hard to break now which is why some of these movies that we listed I guess stand out
0: yeah and I think more recent horror movies they've all kind of built upon one another we've had a lot of the same like jump jump scare aspects Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's become so plain yeah Um, a lot of the
1: same directors too yes
0: uh I can't think of James Wan is up there a lot um, but one thing that I, I wanted to mention, because I don't want to dog on recent movies too bad.
1: No, I don't, and I don't even mean to. Yeah, I just, like, it's one of those things where, uh, maybe, like I said, because I haven't seen them yeah. uh, as much, but, and maybe it's because things like Netflix and Hulu or whatever, they always just have, like, the B-list movies. Yeah. You know, like, they generally don't have, like, the blockbuster
0: you know, horror. Exactly. So that well, could be too. To bring that up then. Um, so we, we talked about our top scary movies. So I did a little bit of back research and I was thinking about like, what makes a scary movie? Like how do we determine what is quote unquote, the scariest movie? So I found a study. I cannot remember where it was done from. I should have wrote that down, but I it's can't. All right, it's conjecture. Folks. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I found Take a his word for it. Yeah. I found a, study on uh some university website where they took a bunch of people i believe it was 50 participants and they had them watch 500 hours of scary movies because they were trying to pinpoint what is the scariest movie and some people got the same movie some people got different movies they attached them to a heart monitor and then they put you know whatever that scan is on their brain where Mm -hmm. they can look at their brain activity um And they found based on like how much your hands sweat, how much your heart heart rate rose, all of these different factors, Sinister with Ethan Hawke, have you seen that movie? I haven't seen it. Is deemed, quote unquote, the scariest movie of all time.
1: Okay, how recent is that?
0: That one came out, I want to say in in 2014. Okay. Um, But it is a frightening movie.
1: I'll give it a chance. Sinister?
0: Yeah. Don't okay. watch the second one. Watch the first one. It's this, it's this idea or this, this plot about where this, this writer moves into this house where every child who has ever lived in that house has murdered their family. And he finds all of the tapes that these kids have made of them killing their families. And there is, there's like this strange specter that's in the, the background of every one of the videos. And it's a freaky movie. Dang. It's freaky. But the reason that people deemed it the scariest was because their heart rate was at almost maximum the entire time.
1: That's what we should have watched last night. Um, We were trying to find a scary movie because it was Halloween. And we ended up watching the movie Green Inferno. Yeah. Um. And it, you know, I, I guess uh, my sister was over, and we were trying to find one that you know everybody could kind of like, and also one that nobody had seen. Right. Because you know how it is annoying when like one or two people in a room of people have seen a movie already, and you're like maybe the one who hasn't, or vice versa, you've seen a movie that you want to show your friends, but they haven't, and it's just like, yeah. I don't know. When there's everybody has that virgin experience with a movie, it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um. But that movie wasn't necessarily as much as it was just like messed up like gross yeah for those you guys that haven't seen it basically people get crash landed in the jungle and it's a there's a tribe of these people that are basically uncontacted and they happen to be cannibals and they just basically try to eat these people one at a time and the scenes when they are chopping the people up is one of the more messed up things i've seen on tv yeah, I would agree. Like it's up there, you know. It's it's still with me. I'm like, dang. My sister before she left last night, she's like, I'm gonna be seeing these red people like in my sleep. <laughs> they have like blood all over them. Anyways,
0: it was it was an interesting one. What what did you guys watch last night? You said we ended up watching a movie from 1978 called Phantasm.
1: Phantasm. Okay, yeah, that's one I haven't heard of either. But uh, you know, in the spirit of Halloween, it just seemed like a, a fun thing to talk about. You know, not only phobias but you know, scary movies. Uh, and and just kind of have that haunty sort of feel plus we figured some some metal music in there would be badass. Absolutely. Um but I will say you know before we end we are definitely not going to let you guys go without some jokes. Hell yeah. Like it's you know we I guess we can end on a light note. I thought we might just sneak it in halfway through but it, it was one of those things where it just seemed like um seemed like the right time to just wait till the end. So we will kind of wrap it up with some jokes. Did you have anything else you wanted to, to mention? Not at all. Cool. I was going to say, I really got to take a leak. That's uh, I was like, <laughs> that's a little, the motivation, little urgency in my voice. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I'm super glad if you guys made it to this long. I mean, I we had no idea how long we'd be able to talk about uh, horror movies, and there's things that we didn't even cover that we can just save for another time, or maybe Halloween special number two yeah. uh, coming at you guys in 2021. Hell yeah. Um, but you know, that said, uh, for some jokes last week uh, for the humor episode. I had said that I hadn't really heard that many jokes about um, white people in general. Um, and so I did some digging. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things where maybe I just... Uh, it's because I don't listen to comedians that that's kind of their subject matter. Or maybe there just aren't that many. But I found that there's a whole community uh, of people that make fun of, of white people, which is absolutely funny. So. <laughs> I have some for you guys. Uh, A lot of these are from like blogs like Twitter and Tumblr and like Instagrams and stuff called Shit White People Do or Shit White People Say or White Folk Be Like This. Um, And there's just a handful of them that's almost like it almost is like white people are memes. Uh, But anyway, so one is like uh, white people be like 40 degrees Fahrenheit is the perfect weather to wear basketball shorts and flip flops. (laughs) Uh, And then a couple others like white people be like, I'm not just white. I'm 22% Irish, 18% German, 28% Italian, 2% milk, (laughs) uh, white people redo high fives and the first one wasn't good enough, which I, I definitely sometimes do that. (laughs) I like to have a nice crisp high five, um, when taking a group photo saying, let's do a silly one, (laughs) um, saying, or or, sorry, responding to how's it going with, oh, you know, another day in paradise. (laughs) Uh, but then, anyway, so those like I said some just some funnier white people ones, but I do have a couple other uh, uh funny ones um Riley, what does a canoe and American beer have in common what they 're both really fucking close to water. <laughs> That was one uh, from Germans. I know I had looked at, like, I wanted to hear what other people had said about America or how they make fun of Americans. A lot of them were on, like, our health system or our economy or our presidents. But uh, that one I, I kind of like, just poking fun at some, some American beer. One. And, you know, it's, they're not wrong. That's why we got the craft stuff coming up. Uh, my last one for you guys. I got a dirty joke. I really like this one. Um, Riley, what do a pizza delivery guy and a gynecologist have in common? I don't know. What? They can both smell it, but they can't eat it. (laughs) God,
0: I love that. Oh, you gotta, you gotta throw a dirty joke. Oh gosh, I say, I
1: really like the dirty jokes. Um, And so, yeah, I actually had more than just one. I know, as uh, the very first podcast, I was like, we'll have a joke, maybe two, but I ended up actually having a lot. Man,
0: sometimes you gotta fire them off. I
1: know uh, we had kind of talked about looking into. Joke since our humor thing. and yeah. It's just, it's been fun for me to do some digging. Uh, not only to share them with people in the podcast, but just friends. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm well, not much of a jokester. It's hard to remember them, but they're still fun.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate humor.
1: Do you got any for us this week at all, dude?
0: Absolutely. I got some that can kind of piggyback off your Green Inferno experience. Okay. So, <laughs> my first one. Brendan, what happened to the cannibal who showed up late to dinner? Um... Food was cold. They gave him the cold shoulder. Oh, dang. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's a good one. He missed out. (laughs) All right. I got another one for you here. What is your favorite Asian stereotype? Um i don't know what i personally like a sony surround sound
1: oh okay that's a good one <laughs> like
0: a <onkyo>. little <laughs> bit of the toshiba
1: <laughs> toshiba <laughs> dude that's a good one and in my head i remember uh, uh i was just like okay that's either gonna go down the line of like food based or driving based and i was like south park i'm like shitty walk shitty chicken <laughs> uh or something about driving but no that's a good one because it makes you think it's it's Honey,
0: yeah, yeah, it definitely takes you back a little bit, and those and
1: then, Asians definitely know their surround systems. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm, primo sound. Well, dude, it is—it's uh, a Sunday night here. I am so glad that we fired this podcast off, episode too. three. Yep, in the books. In the books. I don't really know what's coming uh, for next week, but we can guarantee you guys it'll be a random topic, something that uh, we can both conjecture and lecture about. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, until then, you guys have a wonderful week. Take care.
0: Appreciate y'all listening. All right, peace. Take care now. Bye bye then.
1: (laughs) Sorry.